Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing Me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. Welcome back, you guys. We are doing a recording through Zoom. (laughs) Zoom. (laughs) I'm in isolation, you guys. Yes. Our COVID numbers are up, so we are doing, we're having to pivot slash adapt. God, I hate fucking pivot. (laughs) Modify. (sighs) So, hope you guys are okay. Hope you're safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you're getting the support that you need to stay alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some sad news over the weekend. Ugh. This was kind of the first, I don't know if this was the first one or this is the one that like hit the hardest for the dance industry anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, dance Makers has announced that after many years of being in the distillery, and offering theater and dance space and be an organization, it will be done in 2022. Permanently closed. Yeah. And there's a little bit of discrepancy around like what the actual date is when they're done. Cause like part of the Instagram post said 2021, yeah, part of it they- said 2022. I don't know. They must have their like, who's their programmer for the end? Natasha. Natasha Powell. Powell. Natasha yeah. Powell is like the, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is great. She's amazing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. She's super amazing. and would have is still going to do an amazing job, but they must've just have like their, that season programmed and that like grant money and all of those things like already lined up. So they're just like, we're going to finish out our money because it's mm-hmm. already been promised to people. It's already been promised to artists. Yeah. And I really wonder if this is a result of COVID and the closures, or if this is just a result of years in the making, you know, because a lot yeah. of us who are in the dance industry have heard rumblings over the past year, two, three years about dance makers. They're not being anybody in the building. It being mm-hmm. hard to get emails back from, from them. So I wonder if this is a result of COVID and this is kind of like one of our first artist space closures that we're seeing, or if this is just because maybe it was the time. Over the last eight months and not being able to rent out space, it was just like the final nail in the coffin kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. But it hits pretty hard. And I'm, I mean, it's going to be really sad because I think this is definitely one that's going to a lot of, a lot of others are going to follow, unfortunately. Yeah. The Mod Club also closed. Yes. Mod Club slash Revival. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Finding space to perform and rehearse is going to be a struggle when we all get out of this. Yeah. I like also found the dance makers thing. I will say I was surprised by the dance makers thing because there seemed to be like a lot of good resources floating around from the generator and a couple other programs being like, this is how you rehearse safely. This is how you make it accessible to people that don't feel safe coming in. And they were like, it seemed like things were moving in a direction, even though numbers are going up, things were moving in a direction of how to like proceed safely. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw the dance makers thing, I was like, hey, disappointed and sad, but also kind of surprised. Yeah, because they're funded. Yeah. They have like an arts council, Ontario Arts Council. So what does that mean? Do you think that they just bowed out of funding or do you think that they didn't get funding or their funding was reduced? Because of the COVID situation. Maybe they just only, maybe all of it, maybe they just were going to incur too much debt trying to stay open. Like who knows how those commercial rent spaces work? Yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know. And distillery, that's like, I mean, but it's, but this is the interesting thing. Instead of them just being like, we need to find a new space. Mm. Let's find a new space. They're just like, no, we're done. Right. So that's interesting. That's what makes me think that it was like, it was, it was coming. Right. Whether there had been COVID or not, it was coming. That's fair. Yeah, it might have like if COVID had not happened, it might have like extended its life for a couple years. But it makes me feel like it was just like we're done. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah, but it's a sad one to hear about if you're a part of the dance community. It's been such a staple in Canadian dance for so long. Yeah, uh, one of the first companies in Toronto. 
Yeah. It's one of the first places that I think I've ever like attended workshops other than CCBT. Yeah. Or Gilbert Court. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, it's, I'm nervous. It makes me nervous about like the amount of other buildings that we're going to lose. Yeah. And to the people that own those buildings that are like holding on for dear life, keep holding and hopefully we can get through this. Yeah. It makes me really wonder like where the support is to, because like all of, I'm assuming most of these places have some sort of funding. They can't be only operating on rentals. That would be crazy. No. You know, most of these places have funding. So where are those like funding bodies coming in just to like save the space? Yeah. Like why you is, know, that seems yeah. like that should be the platform right now. Like as an individual artist, if you're creating work or if you're a company with a space that needs help, that's like where it should be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like what is going to happen to TDT? Are they in rehearsals right now? They weren't. Bin Chicken? Bin Chicken. Oh yeah. They are in rehearsals right now. Yeah. I thought that they had stopped for a brief second, but they are still in rehearsals. Yeah. So they're still working, which is good. CCDT is going to like forever be a space because it, there's just like a full operating dance school that's running out of it yeah but there are like besides those two what else is there that's not a private privately owned company I don't know yeah it's not not much but and I don't know uh, what kind of rental space you can get right now from a privately owned company like I don't know if city dance corps uh doing rentals like because they are just like limiting the number of people that come in I don't you know yeah this like (laughs) <laughs> it's also kind of weird to think I mean I've been to a couple classes um this past like month and the squares are so funny because this is what's <laughs> funny to me about the squares I understand why they're there especially at places that like maybe don't get like professional like people that are doing it for rec That's, yeah it's but as like someone who's like constantly in class like professional class it's so interesting because even just laying on the ground my whole body <laughs> takes up more than the sweat. <laughs> And and like, it's just like, you know, when you like walk into a GMD class or like just a regular class or a workshop, you like make your space on the floor. But the space you make is actually bigger than the square. So when they like give you the square, it feels like limiting to like how much space you actually have, you know? Mm -hmm. Especially you where you're like 5'10". I'm 5'9". Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Your wingspan is almost six feet. Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> it put me in that box and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then like, yeah, it's just like interesting. And also like, it's so funny. It's just funny. I've just been in class for a bit and it's just been really interesting. Like I like place myself in a box and I like look and I'm like, I think I'm closer than I ever actually was to some other class before now. Because <laughs> before you like would take your space, you're like, I need this much space. This is what, yeah. And now it's not, it's not like that, but oh my God. Anyway, yeah, I don't know how those like commercial spaces are are doing, but I think everyone's like looking really needs this like over ten number two over ten students in nine. Oh, it's over nine. You can't have over nine students in yeah. class. But you can't have over ten people in a studio. Um, it's like really hurting business, and I think a lot of people are ready for it to be over. But on the other hand, I also understand that we need to like stop COVID numbers as best as we can, or at least get like a handle on how we manage it, which I think is like, goes back to like testing and accessibility and accessibility of resources for people that have to quarantine Mm -hmm. and like clarity of information and clarity of like clarity of information. A, if you get sick, B, if you've been in contact with someone, C, Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And like, listen, I'm 
I wear my mask all the time. Mm-hmm. I like haven't been go. I haven't like really like left my house much in the past like month and a half. And I, I like am fine stay sheltering and placing for like the time being. But I also like think about, I've just been reading a lot and thinking about the fact that like our numbers are never going to get to zero no. and like not to compare it to like the flu, which I know we have like a cure for, and we understand we don't know like the long-term effect or we know the long-term effects of, but like our flu numbers are never zero. Just no. our numbers. So like our COVID numbers are never going to be zero. And it's no longer about us like being like, oh, we only had five COVID cases. Oh, we only had 200 cases today because our numbers are never going to be like, we can't look at it like that anymore. We have to look at just like maintaining health management. Yeah. Healthy living Mm -hmm. management. And also like making it accessible to people that are immune compromised. So how do we like protect those people who are immune compromised? So our elderly, anyone that suffers from like an autoimmune disorder, anyone that has um, like a pre-existing condition. So like, how do we make it accessible and safe for these people while still protecting ourselves? Because Mm -hmm. like our numbers are going to go up. That's just like part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, we could definitely like stop the surge and make room for our hospitals, but we also have to think about it. Like, like think about how we manage it and how we manage our economy. Right. It's all about like balancing it properly. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. So I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit, and I've talked to like a lot of people thinking that, um, feeling that like the second wave that's hitting has been hitting harder. You think that? Yeah, it's hitting harder, not harder, like in terms of numbers, but it's hitting like people personally a lot harder. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because it's no longer like we can get through this together. It's like we can get through this together again. Yeah. Or like the polarity of the ideas of like keeping the economy open or complete lockdown. Like yeah. it's, people seem to be only for one or the other. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, there's got to be like a safe way to do both. But yeah. I don't know. I think that will come with honestly, like vaccination. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, good news out of Pfizer, but, but it's going to take like, it's going to take time. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, like a lot of people aren't going to get the the shot. You think so? If it's a vaccine. I don't know. A lot of people are just like, have opinions about like the long-term effects. They don't know. Like, right. I mean, as someone in a government mandated lockdown or isolation right now, mm-hmm. I can say that I would get it a hundred percent. Yeah. Very quickly give it to me. And I can also agree with the fact that this one is, this is harder than the last time. Totally. You know, it feels very different. Like currently having to, like before it was, everybody was locked down. Everybody was doing the same thing. Um, and now, or like, and I was like isolating with my roommates so we could like do things together. We're like making food, watching movies and stuff. And now having to be completely alone is like the fucking worst. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, let's think about it. Wear your mask. Just wear your fucking mask. Be safe. Don't yeah. be reckless. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have like seven drinks, maybe put your mask on because everyone's a close talker after a couple <laughs> drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to spin on people. Yeah. Keep wow. your S's contained. Keep your S's contained. <laughs> Let's just pray for all of these buildings and hope that we can all get back to performing really soon. Yeah, definitely. Before we get into our guest today, guys, our Patreon is rolling. There are Patreon-only rewards on our Patreon now. Yeah. So um, do you want to see a blooper reel? Go to our Patreon and you can literally put down $1 a month and see yes. all this extra content. $12, $12 a year. Guys, I spent $12 at a coffee shop the other day. It's like <laughs> nothing. Also, like maybe some context will help, but like if you pay $1 a month and uh, give us $12 a year... That like basically covers our snacks and our coffee for our guests for one interview. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's helpful. Yeah. And it also helps our like mic with our like mics and our equipment and 
however things sounds. Yeah. And maybe you've seen that we have a video camera set up now on interviews through our Instagram. Mm -hmm. The videos as of now will only be available on our Patreon. They're not going to YouTube Mm -hmm. yet. Only our Patreon. Yes. So $1 a month. $1 a month. That's literally, that's nothing. You can do it. You can do it. Please. It's really helpful. If you're like an ongoing listener and you've been listening for so long, listen, like it's a lot of free content and it's a lot of like time. So we appreciate you all so much, but this also like does cost a little bit of money. (laughs) And we were just talking about like, we don't want to see like arts organizations failing. We don't want to see them leaving because Mm -hmm. what does that do to us? What does that do to what do we listen to? What do we watch? Yep. So we really want to keep this going for you all. So please go to our Patreon and help us out. Yeah. This week we have... We have visual artist and painter Kayla Ferreira. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yes. She's super interesting. Her art is very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, She's graduated from OCAD. She's got this like interesting, unique perspective coming up and creating her work at the beginning of the pandemic. Guys, imagine graduating and then immediately not being able to finish your final project and welcome to COVID. You know, you can't see my face right now, but I'm squishing it in stress. (laughs) I feel for all those like dancers, artists that are just coming up and trying to do their best and get known. And it's another level of struggle. But yes, everybody, thank you for listening. And here we go. So my name is Kayla Ferreira. I'm a visual artist, a painter in particular from Toronto, Canada, and I just graduated from Ocad University. I can't have you? Remember. That's okay. Have yes. you always been inspired by? I'm gonna fuck it up now. Manga. Manga, or did that just happen in your when you were at Ocad? Um, I started with like anime first, okay. which is basically the same thing, but in TV form. Yeah. Um, that started around grade four. Actually, I got mm. really into like Inuyasha, so okay. I just started drawing like the characters over and over again. Right. I feel like that is something I remember about being in, because the way that you draw manga characters or anime characters, it's like very specific, right? Yeah. And it's very similar stylized. Yeah, you can tell by like the eyes for the most part. Yeah. If it's like anime yeah. or manga. I feel like I, I also had like a book when I was, like a drawing book that had how to draw like anime characters in it. And yeah, I, I did like, too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so I do kind of remember that. So you've been into it since grade four. Yeah. And did it like inspire you to get into OCAD or to like pursue that as like a um, artist? Not at first. Uh, when I was younger, I really liked art and wanted to be good at it, but I didn't really pursue it or anything. Like I just went to a normal high school. I could have gone to like an art high school. Right. Um, but I was thinking maybe I get into animation. Um, I think by grade 11, I was thinking this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking into it. I was taking all like the communication technology courses and stuff like that. But uh, when I was looking for courses to do after high school, yeah. um, they weren't really for me and you needed like actual art experience to mm. get into them. So I actually found this one program called the Visual Digital Arts Program from Humber. And I just like, that's it. That's what I want to do. Just like the description was saying, um, learn like the basics of traditional and digital art and Mm -hmm. paint from a live model. And I thought that was really cool. So that's when I really started pursuing it. Mm -hmm. And once I started doing it, like in school, I was like, oh my God, I can do this. (laughs) I can draw. And my whole family was shocked. They had no idea. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, that's how I got into it. And then how did it inspire your, your, your thesis? Yeah. How did it inspire that? Like manga? Yeah. Um, not too much anymore. Okay. Uh, 
Manga is just kind of like an inspiration for me to like get into art, to actually do art. Right. Not necessarily draw exactly that. Oh, okay. I do, if I'm just like doodling, I'll do like anime eyes for no reason. Right. Um, it's kind of like practice, but right. what I'm actually doing is completely different. Right. So what was your thesis about? So my thesis, uh, it started with like celebrity figures who call themselves gods. So I was drawing them or painting them, sorry, as like icons in okay. like actual religious pieces okay to like show like they say they're gods so was kanye one are. of them kanye was one yeah. of them <laughs> yeah but um i i was asked questions like well where are you in the work and i was like oh well i'm not really there yeah. so i really had to think like okay why am i attracted to these figures yeah. and i noticed it was because they're like a symbol of success so I was attracted to that and what they were like trying to sell to the general public, mm -hmm. being like, I'm a god of my craft, so mm. you should treat me as such. And of course, I want to be really good at my craft. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, maybe that's what I should be pursuing. So my final piece was me praying to the trap god, Gucci <laughs> Mane, to like bless me with like success. But in that case, it was like money. Right. Um, so that was like the starting point of what I'm getting into. Wow. So what do you mean starting point before you're getting in? So I'm still like working on that type of work, even yeah. though I'm out of school. Right. But I'm moving away from the actual celebrities and more focusing on me and like what success means to me as an artist mm -hmm. and what that looks like, like the journey of it. Mm -hmm. I'm so interested to like how, so this was a professor of yours that asked you, where are you in the work? Mm -hmm. How did they, is that literally what they said to you? Literally what they said to me. And I was like, uh, what, what do you mean? Yeah, totally. And they were like, well, where are you? Like, what, do you, what, what does this mean to you? Like, is it funny? Is it like more meaningful? And it was like kind of funny, you know, doing celebrities as gods, but like that wasn't what I was trying to say. And I just had to like search for a deeper meaning of like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, what's the purpose? Mm -hmm. Right. And that took me a really long time to figure out. That was my next question. How long did that take? It took a couple of months. Yeah. So I was just sitting there in the studio, just like racking my brain. Like, what does this mean to me? And I did so much reading and research of like, what even is a God persona? What's the mm. whole point of Christian religion and right. in art, especially what's sacred in art. Mm -hmm. And it took me so many different paths, but then I figured out like success is sacred to me in mm -hmm. like art form. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna try to pursue it by trying to be an artist. Yeah. <laughs> Were you a religious, like did you grow up I'm in not religious, religious at no. all. No. Um, I'm actually the only person in my family not baptized. Oh. So I think that's also kind of a thing being like, well, what am I missing? Like, why am I the only one? Yeah. But um, there's no reason. And my mom just didn't do it. Yeah. But. <laughs> And like, we're not a religious family at all. Right. Um, so yeah, and I don't know, I'm always interested in Christian art too. Just like, you know, the stuff you see, like Renaissance-y kind of yeah. stuff. I don't know why it's, I don't know, the feeling you get when you look at it, it's just something like otherworldly. Yeah. And just like, is there something more? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because it shows that the church had the church and like art back then had such a connection that mm -hmm. is like lacking right now i find yeah like art is all over the church there's like murals there's paintings i guess anything that was being commissioned was often like a religious work and it that's was, possibly yeah. why as well 
Yeah, because the church had all the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Whereas now, I feel like there is like a little bit of a disconnect between like artists and the church. Whereas back then, I'm sure like in the era that you were discussing, it was like very much more connected between the two. Right. But also, weren't they commissioning lots of people that weren't of the faith? Yeah. yeah. So they commissioned artists that weren't necessarily a part of the church, but they commissioned them to do religious work. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, I think. I don't know 100% sure of that, but basically the church was a way of controlling how people acted. So if you want people to be nice, you tell them, God thinks you should be nice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was a way of controlling people, but now people stop looking, not everybody, but most people stop looking at gods and now they're looking at celebrities and stuff of how to act. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, everyone wants to be some sort of successful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And these celebrities are like a really good symbol of that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to, after you act like me, dress like me, you can like have the life that I live. Right. Right. Um, so my grandfather actually, he got this ad in the newspaper and it was like, start your own church. <laughs> and he thought it was hilarious. And like, he was like, okay, like I'm going to put money in and see like what they say. Yeah. So they were basically like, get a thousand dollar suit which was a lot of money at the time he saw this get a really nice watch get a really nice shoes because if you dress like you're the shit like people are gonna follow you and he thought that was hilarious and <laughs> he didn't do anything with it but when he told me that i was like oh my god i just like clicked and like that was the next like segue for me to like dive into research yeah like what is like success for me i guess yeah so yeah, I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> it's also so <laughs> culty. It's so culty. It's like, yeah, so like, I, like, I'm totally like mm, Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it is really culty to just like assume. But it, it's interesting because it's like people like think that they can like you said, people like look up to these celebrities and they mm-hmm. think that if I can like dress like this and be like this and have these things, I can like live that life. But like the real factor is it is that like to afford those things, you're going to like put yourself into like a less leisurely situation to wear those things and look like these people. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm, not, I haven't showed it yet in my work because I'm still making it, yeah. but basically showing like the struggles of like trying to figure out how do I be like that, but in my own way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's very difficult. Yeah. Like, if you're going to act like Kanye, for instance, it's not going to go well at first, I don't think. I don't think it even goes well for Kanye, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, not really anymore. <laughs> but it's very yeah. true. What were some other celebrities that you had in there? Um, I mainly did Kanye and Gucci Mane. Um, oh, those yeah. were the main ones. Mm-hmm. I was going to do a Drake one because he called himself uh, Six God, but I didn't really get into that. Right. Um, I just started like focusing on myself with like Gucci because right. that's like my favorite rapper. Okay. <laughs> so I thought I would just focus on what was like really personal to me. Yeah. Huh. That's like, so where do you see this work going? Because you're still working on it. Mm-hmm. And you had an, well, you had an exhibit. Or you had to do a virtual exhibit. Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. How, <laughs> so you finished OCAD right throughout the middle of, or at the end of, beginning of the pandemic. Sorry. Yeah. So I got kicked out of my studio and everything during like trying to finish my finals yeah and I had to write an essay and then I became unemployed while I'm trying to write this essay and I like handed it in late because I was like I don't want to do this what's the point yeah I'm so sad yeah (laughs) but I finished it and I was done and then I got like a little spark of like motivation again and then I just started working on like 
what I wanted to do. Right. Yeah. How is doing the virtual exhibit versus the in-person exhibit? It is not the same no. at all. I just submitted a picture and that was really That's it. That's it. Yeah. So they just post the picture online with like whatever you said about it. That was it. And then they posted it on Instagram. That's it. And on a website. Whereas what would, what would happen regularly? So usually we set up like whatever we wanted to set up in the school. And then like thousands of people were supposed to come and they just go around the whole school looking at all the art. Yeah. So you could stand there and you can talk about it or you can just like be a fly on the wall and listen to what people said. Yeah. But it was like a lot of exposure. Yeah. Gallery people were coming and people from like across the world were coming too. Right. Or like a virtual ex exhibition. Whoever saw the email or the Instagram post. It's just not the same. Not the same no. at all. No, because you don't get to like see people's reactions or hear people's thoughts. And... Mm -mm. No. Also like, when you said like virtual exhibit, I was like, oh, maybe they did like a walking tour of all the art and you got to see it that way. Yeah, no, it was just a picture. That sucks. Yeah, so I had to make sure like I took a really good picture and some people, <laughs> their work was still locked in the studios. So they could only show what they had at home. So it was like very not ideal. The studios still aren't open. You can't go in there at all? No, they just released like an email uh, two days ago saying the dates that we can come in and finish clearing out our studios. So I was lucky and I got everything out, but I know people, they were working like really big, like yeah. as big as the wall and they couldn't take their stuff home because we only had two days to clear it out. Right, that's yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. That's so sad that their work was just like, that's, I feel like that is, it's just so sad that this like artwork is just like sitting in like an empty studio with no one allowed to go in. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ugh. It's, COVID was, the beginning of COVID was very challenging. I actually finished school right at the same time as oh, well. Really? But okay. I got really lucky. So I wasn't like, like you. I, my <clears throat> performance was like the month before everything shut down. Okay. And we were like before people like really knew about anything. Mm -hmm. And then I was just writing my thesis while we were in, in lockdown. But I couldn't imagine, like I think about my dad is always like, how lucky did you get that you, like your performance por portion of my um, master's wasn't during COVID. Yeah. And I was like, I'm so happy. Like I literally do not know what I would have done. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to build like an altarpiece for my yeah. piece to like go on top of. Oh, that'd be beautiful. But then everything was closed. So I couldn't like build it. And then how am I gonna fit that at my house? <laughs> like, yeah. So it kind of like ruined all that. So were you able to like, sh I mean, I know there was like posted on Instagram and there's comments, but I'm assuming like part of moving on with that work is also receiving feedback. It's part of, also <laughs> part of receiving feedback from that work. Yeah. So were you able to receive some feedback from your professors or from Just other people? Just a little people? bit. We had a Zoom meeting okay. and everyone was there and we kind of like showed what we had completed and stuff. But nothing like a final critique would have been. No. Because we didn't have that at all. Right. It was just basically do your best, finish what you can. And like they were super nice about it and they were great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it wasn't the same of getting like an actual critique on the work. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I still sold it. So that. You sold it. Oh, I did, yeah. So nice. that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. So it worked out, but. Yeah. Who bought it? Do you know? Um, yeah, actually, I went to school with him. Oh. Yeah, he graduated a year before me. Uh, we have the same birthday, actually. He's a really good friend of mine. <laughs> um, but he's like older than me. Right. But yeah, so he bought it, which was nice. You wow. didn't want to keep it moving forward with the work? 
I'm a little attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad it was like him who bought it because mm -hmm. I know it'll go to like a good place and everything. But I took a picture of it and I made prints of it. So I still have it. Right. Right. But I can't be like hoarding my work. No, of course not. I mean, that's like. Yeah. yeah. As much as I would love to, but yeah. Right. <laughs> Just your house with your work. Yeah. Wouldn't be so good. Yeah, yeah, a scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, that leads me to the next thing that I wanted to ask you to actually quite well. So you're, you're like in this place right now. How do you make art that makes you happy or how do you make art that sells? Yeah. Right. So you have prints of this work that you were happy of. You were able to sell the original. Mm -hmm. Is that how you want to move forward is making prints? Yeah, so I did sell a couple of prints of that piece as well, cool. which was nice. Um, so really what I want to do is make originals, sell that, and also make prints and mm -hmm. sell that as well. Because mm -hmm. not everyone can afford an original work. Right. Totally. Because it's a lot more expensive. And it's also easier for me to just make prints mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's yeah. all I have planned for like selling wise. Mm -hmm. Right. Is there a difference between the stuff that sells and the stuff that makes you happy? Uh, yeah. Because, like, a lot of people, when I was painting the celebrities, they wanted their favorite celebrity right. painted, which is all fun. But if I don't know who the person is, it's not as fun for me. Mm -hmm. So I painted two of them, of these rappers. I didn't even know who they were. But I was like, it's money. So I'm going to paint them. But it took me a while to paint them because I was so like, Ugh, I don't want to do this. Right, right. And I was doing some raptors paintings as well right. that people wanted. And like, I'm always proud when I finish a piece and see how it is, but like painting it is kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not as interested. So people like sought you out and were like, can you paint my favorite yeah. celebrity as? Yeah, it, so would, I was doing commissions that way. Would they give you like a religious painting as well? No, so I asked like for the exact picture they want mm -hmm. and they'd send that and then sometimes they wanted like, kind of like God-esque mm -hmm. and other times it was just paint exactly what that picture is. Mm. Which oh. is kind of boring. Yeah, you're just copying like a like a yeah. design. Then. So it's not what I want to do, but everyone's like, that's what's selling. Like, that's how you're making money right now. Yeah. All this other stuff you're doing isn't making money. It's like, not yet. I'm yeah. still working on it, still forming it. And I don't know. I think if you're passionate about something, people will see that. And like, someone's out of, I don't like it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it just takes time. Right. You literally just finished school. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right? That's what I keep telling my family and stuff. I'm like, I just finished. Like, give me time. Oh my gosh. To, like, figure it out. Because your family didn't. It doesn't like... end. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, is your family supportive? Yeah, they are supportive. Yeah. But it's always like, now what? Oh, I know. Now what do you do? <laughs> Even when I was in school, it was like, but then what? So it's always there. But, like, they're going to support whatever I do. Yes. Do you come from a family of artists? Um, no, actually, I don't. My grandfather is the only one who's like artsy and my cousin, mm -hmm. but she does it just kind of as a hobby. Um, and he did it as a hobby as well, but he actually had paintings around the house. I used to live with them when I was young. And I guess that inspired me. I didn't really realize until I got older. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, like we're the same. We think the same because he's also <laughs> very into like technology and stuff. And I was too when yeah. I was younger. And we have the same hand, so he's like, yeah, see, it's meant to be that you're an artist Aww. like me. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah, I don't come up from a family of artists either, and I find I get the same questions. It's like, what's next? What yeah. are you working on? Because their, like, idea of, like, career trajectory is very much like this, mm -hmm. whereas I find, like, being an artist and being a freelancer and an entrepreneur, it's kind of like, 
Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Now thinking about place. it, my grandfather has never asked me what's next. It's like my grandmother, my mom. Yes. She's not artsy at all. Mm -hmm. Which is weird because like if you worked at a fucking bank, no one's gonna be like, what's next? <laughs> you know? Right? right? Like no yeah. one's gonna be like, so tell her today, what's tomorrow? Finance? <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, it's my least favorite question. Like yeah. even when I'm serving people and they ask like, oh, oh you're going to school and they like find out that I do art, they're like, oh, and then what are you gonna do? I and know. then I'm gonna paint, duh. Like, <laughs> well, what's the end game? What's like my least favorite one? What's the end game? I'm like, fuck off. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Go back in time, steal some gemstones so no, the world doesn't explode, right? End yeah. game. <laughs> end game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, the world's probably gonna be gone in a bit, so I, I don't know if I have an end game, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so sad to say that, sorry. It's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really interested in about like how your your explore your research right now is going as well and how it's any like has there been any new like serendipitous moments or any new like it's very up and down yeah there's days I'm like finding all these like things that excel what I'm doing in terms of like thinking about it and then there's other days where I'm like oh my god I am terrible what am I doing right so it's just like working through those and I'm actually like documenting them as well, like trying to like draw sketches of like, okay, I was feeling like this, like depressed or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was feeling um, really happy one day, like, oh, I figured out something that like was the next piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot of reading and yeah. just sketching. When you are having those days where you're like, what am I doing? Is your coping mechanism to draw? No. No. <laughs> Usually I will watch something like anime or like a Disney movie yeah. and just like analyze the drawing in it. Right. And just like get re-inspired to like go back and do it myself. Right. Like, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so you like analyze like the, the drawing in like a Disney movie. Yeah. So yesterday actually I was watching Pocahontas and I was watching for the shadows that they did on okay. the characters because right yeah. now I'm having a really hard time mixing a shadow for a flesh tone mm. that I'm doing. So I was like, okay, what colors are they using? Mm. Like how dark is it? How light it is? Mm -hmm. And I noticed very little shadows on like the actual skin and oh. Pocahontas specifically. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that their like animations are like, it's like a very old Disney movie. So it's yeah, very, it's very different. Like anime is a lot more clear that they're using right. shadows and stuff. But um, for like John Smith, in particular because he's Caucasian and I'm Caucasian. I was looking at like, okay, what colors do I think that they use to mix that shadow? Because I think I put too much like red in mine and I think mm. they put more yellow and blue. So that was helping me get inspired. Okay, I'm going to go mix this paint now and figure <laughs> it out myself. Mixing paint. I feel like that's come up like a couple times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, what's the... It's very difficult. What's the science behind mixing paint? Is it literally just like... Color theory? Color... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally color theory. Cool. But even when you know color theory, it's still hard sometimes because if you put too much of something, then you're like, ah, oh, where did I mess up? Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, we were talking to another visual artist who says she never uses color straight out of a tube. Mm -hmm. It's like mixing is like part of her process and her inspiration for what she does. Yeah, because it's very easy to mix colors from the tube like, yeah. to get the shadows and stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you mix your own colors, it's harder, but it's also more interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mix all my colors too. That's cool. Um, so you're kicked out of your studio. That means you're doing all your work from home. Yeah. How does that like work-life balance been for you? Because it's, your space is now smaller. You're not mm -hmm. like getting up and going mm -hmm. somewhere. Do you yeah. have a drawing board? 
or like a um i have a table right um but it's not the same because before i had like this big board that was standing up and right. i usually like to paint standing but i don't really have that and the easel i have isn't really big enough to do that um so i'm very cramped and it's a dark little corner <laughs> so i have this like photography box light yeah. that helps light up my whole corner, <laughs> um, which helps, but it's not the same as like natural light. Right. So it's not ideal. Right. <laughs> I cannot afford a studio. No. So it's going to work for right now. Yeah. Have you looked for like studio spaces to rent in the city? I have looked, uh, but with being unemployed twice. So it's not, yeah, no. not an option right now. How, what, I'm like curious to how expensive studio spaces are in the Usually city. Usually they're the same price as like actual rent. So like Ooh. around like a thousand mm -hmm. is I think the cheapest I saw. But then you can also uh, there's this thing called Atkins Studios, and you they have a bunch of studios in this one space, mm -hmm. and you can like rent out like a little space. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit cheaper. But for right now, I don't really want to be in a crowded studio. No. Or really just pay for anything in general than just like <laughs> my art supplies. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. God. Do you feel like with painting, it it's it's a necessity to be in a space like a studio where it's like lit up properly in comparison to your own apartment? Yeah, definitely, and yeah. just the freedom to be messy. Yeah, because I'm very messy, oh, and I'm point. trying so hard not to get paint on the floor and on the walls. You're like putting, so that kind of restricts you. Yeah, you're like putting paper down almost. <laughs> yeah, like I have like a just like a sheet of cloth that I put down. And it's like so messy because you can see all the paint I spilled. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's also restricting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not aesthetic. You know, <laughs> to like take photos of me working in the studio, it's, it's yeah. not cute. It's not insta worthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I have to like take the tarp down or like take the picture, you know? Yeah. Ugh. I feel like there's like this um, mentality around artists, but like, oh, but you can work from home and you should, oh, before the pandemic it was like mm -hmm. you can work from home and these certain jobs can work from home and it's so lovely and I think it's like not possible also for a lot of artists which like a lot of people think it is possible to work from home right yeah you know? even if you do have the space it's kind of distracting to be home because you can just get distracted so easily especially if you live with someone mm -hmm. you end up talking to them and then you're like oh shit I've been talking to you for an hour now <laughs> I should be going back to work yeah you know it's hard to like separate like the clock in clock out aspect of working at home yeah and I also I also real like recognize that in my like own practice leaving my house is like what like was like tiring me out like being in my house working from my house it like doesn't it's not enough separation for me to like sleep at night mm -hmm. you know like because I'm not leaving my house and going to work someplace else I'm then coming home and then I'm sleeping in a different spot because I'm like around the space all the time mm -hmm. I feel like it's hard for me to separate when I'm supposed to be asleep versus when I'm supposed to be working yeah sometimes I'm like on my phone scrolling for hours yeah. at my desk and I'm like oh I should have done this on the couch or something to like kind of separate it, right. you forget it and you get so lost and sucked into like social media and stuff. I know, you almost have to have like a very specific, like you have to be very hard on yourself being like, no, don't go on your phone here. Or it's like as soon as you go on your phone. Yeah, I try to here. like put my phone away. Mm -hmm. But like when you're listening, it's like if I don't have AirPods, so sometimes it's kind of hard to like separate. Right. But I sometimes I borrow my boyfriend, so like that helps out. <laughs> right, right. To get the phone away. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like a lot of reasons people aren't sleeping is A, Mercury's in retrograde right now, and B, it's because there's like no work-life 
balance right now and like mm -hmm. sleeping it's like in the same spot you know yeah space is so specific to like like any space you're in is like very like necessary for what's like happening. I don't know that means that's like not a good way to say that but it's making me really like appreciate space differently you know yeah. like looking at space and being in space and how it can affect your like day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. Very strange. I have to be very hard with myself on my phone, especially now that I'm unemployed again. Also, yeah, it's just like dumb. I have to like put my phone down, turn it on silent, and be like, Corinne, you're not touching your phone for an hour mm. while I'm doing work because I get distracted. And I just yeah. like, pick it up, reply to a message, put it down. Mm. <laughs> pick it up. Do you pick it up? <laughs> yeah, because I like flip it over, look at it, reply, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so you've been selling some of your work throughout COVID. Yeah. How do you feel like looking past COVID? Or do you feel like people are buying your art more because we're in this isolation period? Or? Um, it, that's like a yes and no answer. At first people were buying, but the longer it went on, it was kind of like, oh, I can't really afford art right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I haven't sold anything in the last couple of months because of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a very difficult time, I think, right now. Mm -hmm. Like, especially because I'm painting what I want to paint, it's harder to sell. Yeah. Because, like, the people who would buy my work are, like, people who view galleries and stuff. Right. right. And that's not really happening right now. Right. So. Oh. Yeah, how are, gal how are galleries getting new work? Or are they, are galleries even investing in that? Like, investing in buying They're still work? doing it. It's just a little different and because I don't have like a solid body of work it's harder for me to mm. ask to be in a gallery because mm -hmm. I only have one or two pieces here and there right so they're more looking for like a solid set right. yeah so mm -hmm. you're looking like right now you're like trying to create that body yeah right now like I've tried to ignore the money problems yeah and just <laughs> focus on the actual art like why am I doing what I'm doing and yeah. like actually push through it yeah like, I think it's also helpful, like knowing that everybody's having those problems right now too. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's really hard um, not to be jealous of people who are doing well right now mm -hmm. as yeah. well, especially on social media. Cause, you know, you can fake anything really um, on social media. So seeing people who are like, oh, like I'm making prints and like mm -hmm. pretending that they're selling out or actually selling out and stuff. It's like, uh, I should be doing that, but like I don't have to work for that or something like that. Right. So I have to like ignore that. And just think, focus on myself right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's your coping is like, I'm going to ignore this when mm -hmm. you feel jealous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. Total. Same. Unfollow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't unfollow them, but I just like. Ign like put them to like an ignore status. Yeah. 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 I'm going to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm proud of them and everything. I'm never like. Yeah. Know, down them, but like. Yeah. Just like sometimes you get so hard on yourself, right? Sometimes course, it's like so. a big thing to swallow to be proud of someone. You yeah. Know, sometimes you have to be like. <sighs> I know, and you don't you know? want to be that person either, right? No. But I think that's also normal. I think you can be both proud of someone and like want the same things that they're achieving at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like thought that you deserve the wrong word or think that you should be at the same place that they are. Yeah, but everyone's on like a different path and that's 100%. something we need to like remind ourselves. Yes. That you're on your own path. You're going to get there one day. Right. Exactly. It's just not right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had another question about galleries. What is the process of getting into a gallery besides like having a body of work? Yeah, I don't know completely because I haven't actually physically done it. Yeah. I've had 
gallery people come to my class and explain the process. Right. So basically, you kind of scout what kind of gallery you fit into. Mm -hmm. So you actually have to go to the gallery, kind of build a relationship with the people who are there. Yes. So they recognize you. And then you can ask, like, hey, do you want to see my body of work? And then usually you can, like, send a PDF of, like, all your images and stuff mm -hmm. and see what they say. That's really the main way of doing it. Yep. A long time ago, it used to be, like, bringing pictures or bringing your actual work. Mm -hmm. They definitely don't want that <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially pictures. They were like, that's a big no-no. Oh, really? Yeah, so like, showing like, if up you with... just, like, pictures of, like, actual photographs. Why is that such a no-no? Uh, I don't know exactly why. He just said it's not professional. Like your professor the, said that was professional. The gallerist said that. Oh, okay. Is that they rather actually see the work or just send it on an email. And then uh. they'll view it at their pleasure. I think it's because you're kind of forcing them like, at that moment to, <laughs> to look. And like you're like say something. Everybody's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> look at my video. <laughs> Yeah, you're cornering them in a dark barn, like making them watch and look at your stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that's why they're like, don't do that. <laughs> this is exactly me. <laughs> yeah. Corinne, that's. Corinne used to do that. That's oh, what he meant, Andre. Andre. <laughs> <laughs> I found out he was an editor at well, at a party we were at, and I was like, hmm, do you want to look at this film that I'm working on? Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a good way to get people to like connect with you and like see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's. But it could be pushy, <laughs> depending how you do it. It's like, it depends on the person, I think. Too. Yeah. If it's somebody, yeah, it just like depends. I, I would never do it to like someone higher up than me in like the dance world. I would never like go up to Karen or Alan Cajun and be like, look at my dance film. <laughs> you know, who are like very well established in the contemporary dance world. But like, this was a guy at a party I was like kind of flirting with. I was like, oh, we are, mm. you're an expert in what you do. So you it has to be like a different discipline? Maybe, maybe a different discipline. Maybe I think it's the context because you're in a party. Yes. So yes. it's normal to go up to people and start random conversations yes. and stuff like that. Right. Or like in a gallery setting, it's pretty quiet and empty. Yeah. <laughs> so... You're just like handing out postcards with your work. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like that's kind of awkward. And then you're like kind of standing there for a response, and they're kind of like, "Okay, can we go get a second? You know? Yeah. yeah. So like, get out of my face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like just submitting online is also easier for the artist too. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it probably like helps you just like not deal with the like weird like hi. <laughs> yeah. Trying to sell yourself. I guess you still are selling yourself, but through an email, right? Yeah, I find it's very hard to sell yourself in person. Really? I think so. I'm also very awkward. Oh. Okay. So for me, it's kind of hard. Right. <laughs> but like through an email, you have time to like think about it and craft right. it. You no. Know? Yes. Mm. Pitching yourself is. Mm -hmm. A skill. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm better in person. Mm. It's a skill I would like to have. Because you're so extroverted. And warm. Me? And big and big and loud. Big and loud. You're yeah. just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's like also such a negative. You looked at as such a negative. Just like, that person is too much. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. You are not too much. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, knowing how to pitch yourself and what works better. Like, do you, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's interesting trying to sell your work through someone that doesn't know you, mm -hmm, which right. is, I guess, like something that you would have to do consistently as trying to get into galleries, right? Yeah. And how do you craft that, like, relation? How do you make that connection, like, form that relationship, and then also, like, craft that email that, like, gets mm -hmm. you in, or that, like, submission, you know, that. Yeah. 
that kind of like paragraph. a lot of people work on that a lot trying mm-hmm. to figure out like what to say what to write and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i've done it for like class and stuff but i've never actually done it right because right. i don't even know if like a gallery is what i want like do i want to be in oh. a gallery or not okay. right so it's like a lot of questions is like where does my work fit but i haven't gotten there yet i'm oh, still right. just trying to like produce where, the work what are some other not i'm not going to ask you where your work fits obviously but like what are some other opportunities where your work could be shown or where where would you like the work to go yeah i think i'm leaning towards like the gallery setting but um you could also just do it online instagram your website you know stuff like that that's also like a very valid way Mm -hmm. of getting your work out there now Mm -hmm. um and it's very wide audience too they can Mm -hmm. see your work where galleries they have like a lot of connections and people who go to see it but it's not like the world right right yeah i would argue that instagram is almost like a gallery a gallery Mm -hmm. yeah in its set in its yeah yeah it's very hard though to get your work seen on instagram especially yes. now they keep changing like the algorithm yeah the new isn't the new thing you gotta save like the best thing for the algorithm yeah. right now is people have to save your work save or share it save or share it but not even like they're like likes don't even matter anymore yeah and that used comments to be like the main matter. thing yeah yeah that was like the new research right yeah yeah they have to save your work. Yeah, which is that little button right on the right underneath. Which is hard if you're not creating like visual work. Like if you're just creating like, I guess that's wrong. Like if you're just like being like, listen to this thing, watch this movie. Like if you're yes. not showing something that's like in that time frame or something that like is like seen, why are people saving it? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean the things I save are like inspirational quotes that I like that I don't want to post because I'm like, so corny. Yeah. But it's like stuff to look back on. Yeah. We're like, like, you don't really go back and look at what you liked, right? I don't. No, I've never, I don't even know if that's an option anymore to see that. Right. So you used to be able to see everything. Go back in your profile. Yeah. Yeah. I actually looked for it the other day and I couldn't find it. You also used to be able to see what other people liked. Yeah. The little like follow option. You saw everything they were liking. That's gone too. I forgot about that. I must obviously wasn't in use if I'm just realizing that now. Like, <laughs> if you weren't stalking someone, there was no reason to use. I do that. remember stalking someone one time and seeing like what people like. Yeah, that was that was the time. Yeah, and now it's gone. Yeah, now yeah. it's gone. And now when you see a picture, it just like shows up like this and this person have liked it. Yeah. And if you click on it, it like will show your followers first that have liked it. I will say. Yeah. Or your mutual mutual people that you follow. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's very weird. And I feel like for myself, I don't really look at pictures anymore. I look at stories. You know, oh. you just click and then you just keep clicking. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. also a thing that like they're pushing for reels and they're pushing for video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my cousins kept telling me to get TikTok because that's all the rage and you can get tons of views on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like so much work to make a TikTok. I try to make one oh, did you? all day. <laughs> Yeah, and then when I finally posted it, because I was like making like anime theme, yeah. I thought like whatever, yeah. do it separate from my art. And I had it where it was like a Tassandra. So basically it's like the crazy girl character. Right. So I had like me all cute and then like with a knife. Uh. And then I drew it like yeah. with the freeze frame. And then they're like, this uh, violates community guidelines. I'm like, I worked all day just for <laughs> you to tell me I can't post it. Yeah. Really? But like little girls can twerk and stuff. And yeah. like, I've seen so much worse yeah. on it. I'm like, what? That's not fair. Yeah. I worked so hard on that. <laughs> and it was, beca- was it because you had a knife in it? It was because of the knife. Yeah. Even though it was like drawn. Like the knife, the actual knife was there for like a second. Yeah. And then it was drawn. Ugh. 
and I'm like, ugh. It's <laughs> like so much for that and I haven't done anything since. Yeah. Like TikTok. Someone was saying to us that it's like a good way because it's a good way to like get followers to another platform yeah. because if people are liking your stuff, it shows them if they're like liking something similar to what you do, you will just like show up in their feed. Yeah. And so it's like this, the algorithm is like much more organic to what people are liking. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to get people from TikTok to go and find your other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because also there's like, for some reason, there's also a lot more traction on TikTok. Yeah. Like, a lot of people are on it right now. Yes. But there's a huge thing happening right now with it being sued. Yeah. Oh, is it being sued? It's well, like all the states are trying to like. I know they're trying, are trying to, like, to ban it because yeah. of like where it comes from in the soft, the like, is it? Is it they the say that it's software? like they say, Well, it's so funny because <laughs> they say it's like collecting your data, but we all have fucking iPhones, so like I don't really know who's that. Like, yeah, yeah, all the apps are collecting your data. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're saying that it has to be owned, I think like fifty percent by a U.S. company to collect the U.S people's data i don't know if that's i feel like that's just them trying to steal their own people's data oh yes, 100 no. and just mad someone else is and also being it. racist is what it is like it's yeah. like because it's a chinese based app yeah 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 that's 100 percent what it is but yes we heard tiktok is the it's the a new place platform. to be why did mm-hmm. it take you so long to get tiktok no to like make a tiktok i'm just like intrigued why it takes <laughs> oh. so long um because like just it's getting rude. like the no, post I right was rude. i was just like i'm I never made one. I was curious because I've never made one, so now I'm just like... I was trying to sync it up with, like, the music Mm. uh, to, like, go at the same time. That was really difficult because I never used it before. Trying to be like, okay, how do I press play and get it and then pause it and then put my image in? So that was, like, really difficult. And also, I drew it all day as well because I did it digitally, and I'm not really a digital artist. But I was just doing it for fun because I wanted to make it like anime style or like manga. And um, yeah, so that took me a while to like do that and then like craft it all together that it looked like natural and not so like stark, like that I just like cut it in. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a video editor at all. No. So that was very difficult. And that's why I was like, I don't want to do TikTok. I don't want to make videos and stuff. And the whole like, it's not aesthetic what I'm painting. Right, right. Like, I got my, like, painting shirt on. I'm covered in paint. My hair is usually tied up. I have no makeup on. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Where, like, if you're filming yourself, usually you want to look nice. Mm. So you dress up and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, like, create like that, for me at least. Mm. So, I don't know. I was like, if you'll film it, film it for me, sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I don't want to, like, do all that work. Right. No. If you don't have, like, the content to, or, like, adapt for that platform, it's a whole nother job. Yeah, like I feel like digital art would be easier. Right. Where like traditional art takes you so much longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like harder. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about how it was like really hard to do art that you're not really like passionate about. So like drawing like celebrities you don't really know. Mm-hmm. And I imagine at OCAD, they they make you research and do a lot of projects that you're not necessarily the most interested in. Yeah. So they make you try like different types of like like they make you try digital? Do they make you? Um, at OCAD, they didn't. Um, they're pretty open to like do what you want to do as long as it fits with like whatever criteria they're asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a girl in my thesis class. We we're in a drawing painting thesis, but she was printmaking. She was mm. printmaking. Okay. Yeah. So it's still like drawing because you're you know yeah. carving and the lines and stuff. But that was just the medium she liked. So it's very like open what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, sometimes the subject matter is very 
this is what you need to do. Right. Mm. Um, I don't know. I've, I didn't really have a problem with doing assignments for the most part because mm -hmm. usually you can like put your own twist in it for what you want to do. So yeah. I painted Kanye as a god for one of my assignments. Yeah. And like it fit all the parameters, but it was like nothing like anybody else's work and nobody's has the same thing, right? Right. right. So it's pretty open. Yeah. Yeah. It's more commissions that like really make you stick to like one thing that you probably don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is unfortunately like a big portion of making money as a visual artist. Yeah. You could always say like, no, I'm only going to do what I want to do. But that's also like a privilege too, yeah. right? Right. Because what if they don't want that? Yeah. So it narrows down who's actually commissioning you. Yeah. And also probably not like really a privilege that you get until you're like an older artist or like a more, like you say, successful. Established. Yeah. yeah. A large body of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People are like, just like want everything that you make because they're interested in like what you're passionate about, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily because of your, your themes. Yeah. Yeah. Something interesting to think about is we've talked to another visual artist and she talked a lot about how her work doesn't sell in Canada, but it's Was it Alex Garand? Yes. Yeah. I listened to her. I love her. I interviewed <laughs> her once too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. she was, she talked a lot about how like it doesn't sell here at all. Yeah. But she like all over the world it does better. So like that's also something I find interesting about visual art in like um, environment or like city, like versus different settings. Yeah. So it's really like finding where your art fits. Physically where it fits. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not there yet. Yeah. No. Yeah. Still figuring it out. I'm glad you knew exactly who I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> she's so, she was so wonderful. Yeah, she's, she's so nice. nice. She's yeah. super lovely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my finals at Humber for in the visual digital art program was mm -hmm. to interview someone like sort of like a mentor, but not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just like see what they're about someone like in the field you want to pursue. Yeah. And at the time I was like, I really want to pursue painting mm -hmm. and I loved her stuff on Instagram. So I like messaged her. I was like, please can I interview you? I messaged two other people. They never responded and she she responded back right away. I was She's like, so amazing. And I went to Aww. her house, I was in her studio <laughs> and we just talked for hours. I was like, this is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> She's so sweet. Sweet and lovely. And so like, nice. Yeah. Oh. Did you meet her dog? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so cute. Oh, yeah, she's really like just doing so many cool things. Mm -hmm. When you look at someone who like when you interviewed her, did you find that you you learned about a lot about who you wanted to be as an artist, looking at someone who's like established in their field? Yeah, it was very inspiring. I had like a set of questions that I was supposed to ask and that I wanted to ask. Mm -hmm. And just like her answers were so like natural and like normal. Right. And I was like, <laughs> wow, like, okay, I can relate to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Figure it out. Um, yeah, it really inspired me. I was very excited when I like got home and stuff and I started like planning paintings and stuff. Right. And she was like, she looked at my work too. And was like giving me advice about it. So it's always nice to talk to like people in your field. Yeah. And, like, even people more established than you just to like see what they say. Yeah, totally. It's like, a lot to learn. That, that advice. Yeah. yeah. And she's like a great example of someone who's very specific in what she does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, well-established as a large body of work and like has figured out where it sells. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's like what I aspire to be. Mm -hmm. like, just know what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. I just had one last question about, um, about the manga again. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
in your bio, in your write up, it said that you you learned specifically from one person, right? Yeah, from a manga artist. Yeah, who was it? Um, Ayo Yazua, I think is how you pronounce it. Right. <laughs> I might butcher that. So did you? How did you learn from them? Um, so. I got an email from my professor at Humber being like, there's this class that you can take, you sign up for it, yada, yada. So I signed up for it and um, I lived in Brampton before. So this was downtown Toronto. I was like, whoa, big city. Like, <laughs> I'm going by myself to this class. I don't yeah. know anybody. And um, it was at the Japan Foundation of Toronto. Mm -hmm. So they had like a little classroom set up. It was like the, the U shape of desk. Mm -hmm. And it was just a bunch of artists that were just like obsessed with like manga and anime and wanted to learn. And she just stood up there and was like, okay, this is what I do, now do it. Yeah. And they gave <laughs> us like an actual sheet that manga artists use. And then they're like, make your own page. And then they gave cool. you like tips of like how to like make it flow. Oh, wow. So you want like when people read the page, you want it to be like complete, but also you want someone to like turn the page. Right. Which was really interesting. I was like, oh shoot, okay. Right. <laughs> like trying to figure it out. What interests you the most about that, about manga? Um, I just like the art. Like the fact that someone drew that. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I find it so fascinating. I want to draw like that, right? Mm. Um, and just like, they use these things, like tones. Mm -hmm. So it's like little stickers and it has like the dark dots right, and sparkles and stuff. And they showed us like how you apply that and like cut it carefully around like what you drew. So it's only in certain spots. Mm -hmm. That was really fascinating too. I don't know, just like the whole art form right. gets me all like giddy <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> did you, because you're so interested and like so passionate about that, obviously, mm -hmm. did you look into like the cultural aspects of it as well? Or I'm really into like Japanese culture. Okay. And like I'm... My background is like Portuguese English, and I know more Japanese than I do Portuguese, even though I grew up Portuguese like grandparents. Wow. I'm just like very into it. I don't know why for sure. <laughs> I just, I'm just drawn to it. Yeah, just like everything about it. Yeah, just like, especially just like the art, mm. like anime and manga, it's just like, it's so niche. Like, yeah. right. like the culture is very conservative, but like anime and manga is not conservative. Yeah, at all. Like, at all. Yeah. So just like the contrast. It's really interesting. Mm. Huh. That's, That's so cool. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought I wanted to go into animation because of it, but then once I tried digital, I was like, nope, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> not for you. No. You just didn't like how to. I didn't like the feeling of being like confined to this tablet, right. and I like, just like the feel of paper, getting like pencil, like graphite yeah. all on your hand and stuff. It's just like the tactile aspect of it. Wow. That's great. Mm -hmm. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Like, just try to prove to myself that I'm good enough to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I have all the qualifications. Like, I went to school for it. I have, like, the diplomas and stuff. But then you get to comparing yourself to other people, then, like, yeah. getting yourself in a rut. And then, like, if you're doing something and then it goes wrong, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Right. So... Yeah, it's killing me. And then the whole money aspect of it, too. God. Well, I think you'll figure it out. Yeah, I just got to fight through it. I mean, it's like a very weird time to be an artist right now with for sure. so many like weird, crazy fucking ads happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's like even harder trying to like just come out of school and just like those like beginning steps are the worst. Yeah. yeah. And so I can't imagine doing it now. 
-hmm. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Ayla. you for having me. Yeah, that was fun. Um, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Kaylafer underscore art, or my website, kaylafer.org. Awesome. Yay. Yay. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you have any questions, comments, please leave us a, let us know. Leave us a comment. Leave us a thing. Review. Review. Tell us what you think. Um, you can find us everywhere. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please do not forget to stop by our Patreon page because everything you donate counts. Thank you.